today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. This is across the board in every arena of life. It's the centrality of Christ in everything in your life, in your business, in your workplace, in your marriage, in your parenting. He has to occupy that place that belongs only to Him. And if anything or anyone beseats Him, replaces Him, it's just a matter of time. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. Keep Christ as your strong foundation. In today's message with Pastor J.D., he teaches you the importance of keeping Jesus always at the center of your life. Whether it's your relationships, work, or business, let Christ occupy the center. When you keep Jesus at the center, you have a strong, solid foundation to stand on. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. This is what Solomon is saying here. What am I doing this for? And then who am I going to leave this to? We saw this a couple weeks ago. I'm amassing all this wealth and (laughs) I'm going to leave it to the heir that's going to inherit all of my wealth and it's going to mess them up and they're going to mess it up and they're going to they're going to blow it they won't be able to handle it and sure enough that's exactly what happened because Solomon had a son by the name of Rehabon you you need look no further than to the scripture to see what happened with the son of Solomon it was tragic and, the, and by the way, the nation of Israel was never the same again after that. So the conclusion is, again, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? Why am I depriving myself of good? Why do I work first thing in the morning all day to the end of the day? For what? What's the point? And then verse, are you depressed? No? You don't, doing okay? All right. Well, it gets better. Well, (laughs) there's some redemption here. Verse 9, two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good reward for their labor. Verse 10, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls for he has no one to help him up. Again, verse 11, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Interesting. You know what this speaks to? I think you do. It speaks to the importance of relationships. You know, as um, I don't want to go off on this. I mean, I certainly can, but you know this whole social distancing thing? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Never mind. Let's just move on. uh, Verse 12. (laughs) I guess you do know about the whole social distancing. Listen, I, you'll forgive me for the, the strength (laughs) in which I say this, 
but it is antichrist. What do you mean? That's pretty strong. Well, it needs to be. Here's what I mean by that. It goes against everything that we were created to be. The companionship, the fellowship, the relationship. You know, there's a physiological explanation behind it too. Oh, by the way, did you know, this this is going to, well, I'll just say it. Do you know that when you don't have social interaction, forget about physical touch, just social interaction, it, it, it actually changes the structure of your brain. It damages the brain. It explains a lot, right? I mean, but it, 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 it causes brain damage because we were never meant to be alone. <laughs> when God created Adam, He said, It is not good for man to be alone. Listen, whenever I'm away from my wife for two hours, okay, two weeks, (laughs) I mean, it, it is not good. I miss her so much. God made us to be together, to have relationship and fellowship. Acts 2.42, I call it the four legs on the table of a healthy church. You have prayer, you have the apostles' doctrine, that's the Word of God. You have the breaking of bread, that's communion, and the love feasts, as they would refer to them. And then you have fellowship. We were talking about this on Sunday, the uh, verse in Hebrews, it's a, a very talked about verse nowadays with the whole, you can't sing in church, you can't breathe in church, you can't... Is that bad? That was bad. But it's in Hebrews where we're told not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the custom of some. Key word, very important, don't miss this, assembling. And the best illustration I ever heard was that of a watch. You can have all the parts of the watch together, gathered. We're not gathering That's just a gathering. No, we're assembled. That's a game changer, right? Because if I have all the parts of the watch sitting up here on this pulpit, I just have them gathered. No, they're not functioning. There's no operation. There's nothing happening. They need to be assembled, all of the parts, in order to have something that functions. That's what the body of Christ is. And that's the way we were made. You know when you hold hands together, or you give somebody a hug, there is this chemical called oxytocin. I I think that's the name of it. I'm probably mispronouncing it. Not oxycontin. That's a whole different... (laughs) I think it's oxytocin. It's It's kind of along the lines of an endorphin or dopamine or serotonin, you know those feel-good chemicals? And these are God-given, and when they're released in the body, it, it just has this sense of, it's very healthy. It's healthy physically, it's healthy emotionally, it's healthy mentally, and it's healthy spiritually. And so when you say, hey, you can't, you know, you have to stay six feet away from each other, can I read you something? I might, my son texted it to me from 
he's back in college now, and I just got, I'm going to maybe, Lord willing, be talking about this and uh, on Sunday. Lord willing, highlight, underscore, bold. So it goes like this. <laughs> this, this is good. Okay, it's actually a meme. So, if the masks work, why the six feet? If the six feet works, why the masks? If both work, why the lockdown? (laughs) If all three work, why the vaccine? If the vaccine is safe, why no liability clause? You know what this is all about? It's about silencing the church of Jesus Christ and isolating and separating the Christians. Because when we assemble together, and function as the body of Christ, as it was intended to be. People are going out of their minds. You know that, right? People are going out of their minds, literally, because of all of this. The isolation. I don't know if you heard a number of years ago, and again, I didn't want to go too too late. I went way off, but bear with me. I'm sure you heard, this was back in the early 1900s, there was this orphanage and all of these babies were dying, and they didn't know why. And so they were bringing in all the experts and trying to figure out why are these, you know, is it something in the water? Is it something we're doing or not doing? Well, as it turns out, it was something they were not doing. You know what they were not doing? Holding the babies. They were isolated, sitting there, no touch. Touch, just touch. And they were dying. So you know what they started doing? They started holding the babies, touching the babies, loving on those babies, and never did one die. How about that? Well, I want to get to verse 12 because this is what I've been really looking forward to. He says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him and... A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now you probably heard this in the context of a marriage, and I think that is certainly the best way to frame this, because Jesus is that threefold cord. I know when my wife and I had our 25th wedding anniversary eight years ago now, seven years ago now, oh boy, I better not get this wrong, right? So it was 2013. We've been, we've been married for 32 years. So somebody else, that's seven years ago, right? Just tell me it is, and then we'll, we'll be good. So yeah, 2013, we had our 25th wedding anniversary. We renewed our vows, and we took this verse here in Ecclesiastes, and part of the renewal of our vows was the three strands, and we tied them together because that third strand is the one strand that keeps it all together, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. And not that tonight's teaching is on marriage, but let me just say parenthetically concerning marriage, that if you don't have Jesus Christ at the center of your marriage as that third strand, you're a dead duck. I don't know how else to say it. I, 
Dead duck with a capital dead and a capital duck, as a matter of fact. You don't stand a chance, especially in this day and age in which we're living, in this time in which we're living. Can I uh, ask you to kind of, again, use your God-given imagination and, oh, I've got to be careful with my hand signals. They're going to think I'm Illuminati or a Mason or a Satanist, but no, for real. You know, I, one time I did a shotgun and I go, that's a devil sign. It's not, it's a shaka. Shaka means how's it, right? Come on, help me out here. Help a guy out, right? Shaka, how's it? How's it? Okay, just picture a triangle. I'm not going to do the hand signal because then I'm, I'm a Satanist. No, they have videos. They have YouTube videos. And they have me, and I'm in it. Yours truly. I'm a Satanist because I, I did, I did, I did, I did something. I did, I, yeah, I did something unbeknownst to me, unwittingly, innocently. Okay, anyway. Picture a, a triangle. I didn't say pyramid. I did not say pyramid. <laughs> a triangle, okay? And on the bottom of the uh, triangle on the left, put your name. On the other side of the bottom of the triangle, put your wife or husband's name. And at the top of the triangle, put the name of Jesus. Now watch this. When, not if, there's conflict. You're out of fellowship with each other. Okay, that's been severed now. That bottom part of that triangle. But if you have the third chord, if you have Jesus Christ, then it's not completely broken. It's still together because you can both go to the top. You can both go to the Lord. He's that third threefold chord that is not quickly broken. And this, again, like I mentioned at the beginning, is one of those principles that you don't break, it breaks you. And this is across the board in every arena of life. It's the centrality of Christ in everything in your life, in your business, in your workplace, in your marriage, in your parenting. He has to occupy that place that belongs only to Him. And if anything or anyone beseats Him, replaces him, it's just a matter of time. Well, verse 13, I wish I could say this ended on a a good note, but it doesn't. So, but we will find redemption here. He says, better a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who will be admonished no more For he comes out of prison to be king, although he was born poor in his kingdom. I saw, verse 15, all the living who walked under the sun, they were with the second youth who stands in his place. There was no end of all the people over whom he was made king, yet those who come afterward will not rejoice in him. Surely this also is vanity and grasping for the wind. What's he talking about here? Fame. 
What do you mean? Oh, so you got a guy, popular, got a lot of followers in, on Twitter and friends on Facebook and subscribers on YouTube, but there's coming a time when somebody else will be in that place and fame is fleeting. It's vanity. It's emptiness. It doesn't last. You can be popular, you can be rich, you can be famous. By the way, we talked about this too. You know why these really famous people get really weird and messed up and some of them OD or die a young die at a young age? The reason is is because God never made us to be on the receiving end of that much fame which comes packaged with worship. That is a crushing weight and pressure to live under. And that's why it messes them up so much. They can't handle it. They were never intended. God never made us to be able to handle that. He's talking about fame and popularity. Here's a ruler and <laughs> they, they, there's all these people and they, they made him king and, and they look to him and he's popular and famous. And then his time comes to an end. And people are fickle, by the way. Have you noticed that? Very fickle. Doesn't take much. Um, it's that, as they say, 15 minutes of fame. You've heard that? So, I know I tried this a couple weeks ago, and it was it was a horrible experience. I tried to ask you to remember something or someone, and I used the illustration of who won. I'm not even going to try to go there. So, can you tell me who was really the the most famous person in? Let's just use the year 1982. I think you get the point. I mean, it's just fleeting. It's, it's all vanity. So somebody who was popular then is no longer, no longer popular now. Have you seen these, um, these rock bands? I'll mention some names. Why not? The Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger. First of all, he's sold his soul to the devil. For real. That's not a gimmick. I mean, say he sold his soul to the devil for all the fame, all the wealth, all the, you know, everything that he could possibly have. These, uh, these stars, by their own admission, you can go on YouTube and watch videos, and they're admitting that they sold their souls to the devil. They are agents of the devil. The devil promised them all of these riches, all of this wealth, all of this fame, and they got it. And boy, did they. And I'm just, I don't know when it was, I saw Mick Jagger, and I'm like, man, he needs to go to bed. <laughs> he needs to, just go home. You're, you're old, man. You're, you're old. You're so yesterday, as we say. What are you doing? Shouldn't, shouldn't you be like a great-grandfather by now? And shouldn't you be home sitting on the rocker, you know? Hey, I remember back when. But no. It's like they're still trying to hang on to that fame. It's fleeting. It's, and this is 
not the last time, certainly not the first time we're going to hear Solomon say this. It's like grasping for the wind. How's that working out for you? Have you tried to do that? Trade winds. Go outside on a day when the trade winds are, you know, the, the, the breeze, and just try to grab and, and bring it. We'd like to see it if you can catch it. That's what, I know that's a silly But you get the point, right? That's what he's saying. That's what this is like. Trying to grasp and hold on to fame is like grasping the wind. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's all vanity. It's all a grasping for the wind. So here's Solomon. (laughs) He's going to go through all this. We've got, what, eight more chapters of this? I hope you'll come back. But he has to go through this. And we have to go through this with him. It's needful. It's good. Why? Because this sometimes is the only way we'll ever learn. We have to go down this path. We have to go on this journey and learn the hard way, as we've talked about. It's it's one of those things where you just have to taste from that cup and realize I am more thirsty than I was before I tasted from this cup. And then it leads you to the one, the only one who can satisfy. You have to go through all of these things and, and have everything fall apart. Everything you touch falls apart. Everything is meaningless. Nothing satisfies. Everything's just wrong. But then that becomes the catalyst for the one that you can go to. And by the way, one last thing. Isn't that what's happening right now with everything that's going on with this crisis? You know, people have watched their lives just, I mean, the bottom has fell out. And isn't it when that happens that that becomes the catalyst for people who may not have otherwise done so, they're going to turn to the Lord. And they are. And they are. They're turning to the Lord. They're turning back to the Lord. Some people who have gotten away from the Lord are coming back to the Lord now. Why? Because everything is basically falling apart. And He's the only one that can hold it together. And they know it. And they're going to Him. Livelihoods, life savings, houses. Have you heard some of the statistics? Well, you want to get depressed. I mean, you could write your own book of Ecclesiastes with some of the things that are happening right now. But again, it's, it's that which is needed in order to bring us to the only one that can satisfy. The only one that can keep it together. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes, both challenging us to seek the lasting things and encouraging us to look at how we spend our days. Throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, we get a peek into the mind of its writer and how he lived. We see how he tried everything the world had to offer, and it still left him feeling empty. In fact, he writes that all he sought was in vain. Can you relate? Do you find yourself seeking the things of the world? Are you putting your hope in the meaninglessness and empty things of the world? If so, be encouraged. You don't have to spend your days wondering where your help comes from. 
Scripture tells us it comes from the Lord. So seek Him and He will fill you afresh. We hope today's message has been encouraging to you in your walk with Jesus. If you're wrestling in your walk, though, we'd love to pray for you. Just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Contact under the About tab. We'd love to hear from you, and we're available to answer any questions you may have. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Feel free to invite your family and friends, too. And be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in next time to learn more from the book of Ecclesiastes with Pastor J.D. Right here on In Spirit and Truth.